electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed... Hey everybody, James the Cash King here. Investment advisors James Duncan and Hendricks Money Castro claim to have the tools to make investors rich. We're the 1%, they're the 99%, all the sheep go to Bank of America. All the stallions come work with us. But the home purchasing program they promote leaves investors on the hook for more than $100 million of debt. That wasn't financial freedom, it was financial chaos. While clients face foreclosure and bankruptcy, this slick-tongued duo burned through nearly $30 million of their money. That's not bad. Visionary entrepreneur James Duncan is a man with a heart of gold, or so he says. I care about what you want in life, and I want to talk to you and find out what you want, and I will run through a brick wall to make sure that I do everything in my power to help you get what you want. More like get what he wants. By the time law enforcement catches up to him in 2008, He has masterminded a $125 million investment scheme that victimizes hundreds of investors. But this story begins under the sunny skies of Southern California in 2003, when he and a friend named Hendrix Monte Castro turned this modest two-story house in Murrieta into a company called Pacific Wealth Management a name also used by a legitimate company in San Diego that has nothing to do with the scam. The plan? Convince investors that they can find hidden treasures that no one else can see. We are a counterintuitive organization. We find gold where gold does not exist. Through telemarketing, word of mouth, and seminars, Duncan and Monte Castro talk about the magical returns to be made in real estate investing. So you buy a house for $500,000, and basically a year later it's worth $550,000. So there you have it. There's your 10%. But yet, what if you bought that property with a 5% down loan? So you took 25 grand out of your pocket, you locked down a $500,000 house, now it's worth five fifty. I don't know about you, I just doubled my money. What if you got a zero down loan? Does the word or term infinite return ring a bell? According to Duncan, it's a system he's mastered that can break the chains of financial uncertainty. I have freedom. I get to do what I want, when I want to do it, and how I want to do it. Nobody tells me what to do, I can tell you that. I'm pretty happy with how things are going. So, am I an expert? I don't know. Maybe. He wants to talk that he's he's not an expert. He's really not, other than working out a way to get money from people. And he's good at that. Brent Westwood and Craig Johnson are investigators for the Riverside County District Attorney's Office in Southern California. And according to them, 
Almost every claim made in these seminars is a gross misrepresentation. I, I will tell you this. Um, I own a portfolio of roughly 90, 93 properties. Through our investigation, Craig, did we see that he had 93 properties in his name? He didn't have any properties in his name. Exactly. He can, however, identify and facilitate investment home purchases for his clients. He says he'll even find tenants to rent out the home, or better yet, flip it for a nice profit in a forever rising real estate market. Unfortunately, he doesn't tell his clients everything. Does the word infinite return ring a bell? Remember that $500,000 property that can earn an investor an infinite return? There's a little trick he and Monte Castro play in the middle of the transaction. It's how they find gold where gold does not exist. It goes like this. Their company finds a home that is originally appraised at $580,000, but the selling price has dropped to $500,000. They buy the house for their client for the $500,000, but use the original appraisal to take out a $580,000 loan in their client's name, almost magically. $80,000 has been conjured out of thin air. That money kicks back to Pacific Wealth Management in what they call a concession fee. Being $580,000 in debt for a $500,000 house is a bad start for the client. But Duncan and Monte Castro tell investors that the concession fee will be used to make the mortgage payments until the house is resold for a profit in the booming market. Any cash left over will be used as capital to invest on the client's behalf. I've been in the business almost 16 years. I've, I've sold every type of investment, tried every type of investment known to mankind. Trust me, I've tried it. They were going to be invested in real estate, stocks, foreign currency. It was relatively vague. There, was, there, was no, there wasn't a lot of specificity to it. Between 2004 and 2006, Duncan's company purchases $118 million worth of properties in clients' names, netting themselves more than $10 million in concession fees. And almost none of it is invested in anything but themselves. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. From their home base in Murrieta, California, James Duncan's Pacific Wealth Management is always looking for a new way to lure in clients. About a month and a half ago, someone in our company had this really great, bright idea that we need to try a seminar. Whose idea was that? It was actually my idea. We were invited to South Coast Winery Seminar, and um, it was interesting. Deborah and Herman Weber have been married 14 years and have three grown children through previous marriages. 
When the two go to the seminar, their interest is piqued. At that point, it all looked really good. It sounded real good. And they were giving presentations about how wonderful the company is and how it's making so much money. Even before attending the seminar, they are contacted by a representative of Pacific Wealth named Charlie Choi, who explains that becoming a client isn't as easy as just handing over your money. There were three rules to become a core client. It was someone who would uh, give three years to the company, ask no questions, and give them full financial control. So as a core client, basically you were doing what you were told. The consequences for not following the rules are simple. You need to do what we say. If you don't, you're fired. I mean, I don't know how to sugarcoat it. I mean, that's just the way it is. You just can't do business with us. That's okay. Go work with Shearson Lehman or Smith Barney or New York Life or MetLife or the Snoopy Company or whatever it's called. I mean, that's fine. But you have to do what we say. If we tell you to do 100 things and you do 99 and the 100th you don't, you can't do business with us. The rules make Weber nervous, so she decides to look into the company a bit deeper. I did research the name of the company, Pacific Wealth Management. I found out they were a company based out of San Diego. Unfortunately for Weber, it's just another game of deception Duncan is playing. There was a legitimate Pacific Wealth Management, and uh, Duncan's Pacific Wealth Management had nothing to do with them, although he was using their name. And their credibility. When Weber asks about it, she says Choi does nothing to clarify the distinction. I mentioned it to Charlie Choi, said I did investigate um, your company, and I have discovered that you're a good company out of San Diego. And he said yes. It lulls the Webbers enough to let Duncan's illegitimate Pacific Wealth refinance their house. Then the Webbers hand over the $190,000 of equity. With housing booming, the refinance is for $130,000 more than the original price the Webbers bought the house for. And the monthly payments increase by $2,200 a month. But according to Duncan's company, that's where the equity comes in. So we're paying our initial payment, our original payment, and then they pay everything on and above because it's money coming from our investments. Fortunately for the Webbers, Duncan's Pacific Wealth never buys a property in the Weber's name. But dozens of investors aren't so lucky. For some people, even though on their own they wouldn't be able to qualify to buy even one house, Pacific Wealth would go out and they would buy them two, three, sometimes four houses. To get unqualified buyers in the front door would be a near impossible proposition. So Duncan's company falsifies loan applications to get in through the back. They sometimes lied about the um, core client's income. So even if the core client was, say, um, making you know $80,000 a year, they would list the income at, at a much higher uh, amount. But more commonly, what they would do is they would say that the person also had a brokerage account someplace and that the brokerage account held hundreds of thousands of dollars. But even if the lies on the applications aren't enough to get a loan approved, they have a secret weapon. A mortgage lender named Cindy Kelly. I think it was obvious from the evidence we saw, uh, emails we saw back and forth, that she obviously knew that uh, she was pushing through fraudulent loans. Kelly's help gets loans approved, but she leaves investors high and dry. We bought the house in 2000, so we've been here 14 years and uh, love this house. 
love this house. But it, this is the house that, uh, you know, we're upside down in. So. Tucson, Arizona natives Clancy and Dale Hahn first hear about Pacific Wealth Management from Cindy Kelly in 2006. The Hawns have been close friends with Kelly for more than 20 years and have seen her develop into a presumably successful businesswoman. She worked hard. I mean, she would work from morning till night and she would invest and save and she's very good at that. So when she started to become successful in this, she was excited about it. Who wouldn't be? By the summer of 2006, the Hawns have also done well for themselves. We were in this house, um, affordable. Um, house payment, um, had some savings set aside. And so we were, financially, we were, we were in good situation. For Clancy, it's a near-perfect scenario. In a happy marriage going on 24 years with two children and living in her dream home. Oh yeah, I thought, we'll buy this house and we'll pass it through the generations. And have that homestead feeling where this has been on our home for seven generations. To be that family. Cindy Kelly tells them that by investing with Pacific Wealth Management, they could achieve their dream of a secure future even sooner than they think. So we thought, gosh, if we could pay this house off early, then it's paid for and done. It's kind of out of the way, and we can focus on, the, on, on giving to people and helping. Helping people is exactly what Duncan and Monte Castro say they want to do. And when the Hans reach out, it's as if the company is preaching to the choir. Both my wife and I are very, very strong Christians. And um, in our conversations with Pack Wealth people, um, you know, they came at it with that affinity um, of coming in as, as Christian folk. It's a heart issue. That's what it's about. That's why we're here. It's a heart issue. It's basically being a good steward with what God has given me. That's what it's about. Eventually, so, the Hans take the plunge. They refinance their home and have faith that Duncan's Pacific Wealth can turn the $71,000 of equity into the financial independence they're promised. It's our hearts to do for others. And so when we saw an opportunity to be able to, to give back to our church on various projects and missions um, to help even our own family members, to be able to do that, and it wasn't, wasn't necessarily self-serving. I mean, it was really a thought of, hey, we'd have some more financial freedom to do more for others. Little do the Hans know, they aren't on the path to financial freedom, but financial enslavement. The refinance nearly doubles the Hans' monthly mortgage payments, but the company says they'll wire the difference into the Hans' bank account each month to make the payment. And they did. Um, they did for the first four months. So in November, it was wired directly into our bank account. Uh, in December, in January, and then in February. And guess what happens in March? This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. In 2006 in Murrieta, California, 
James Duncan and Hendrix Monte Castro's investor pool is growing into the hundreds. And it's thanks mostly to an extensive word of mouth campaign. The way Pacific Wealth worked is that they, they brought in a few initial core clients. Then those initial core clients, some of them became uh, what's known as referral partners. And that meant that they would go out and they would recruit their friends. Cindy Kelly and Charlie Choi hunt down potential investors, as does a man named Tuan Du, who infiltrates the martial arts community in San Diego. Hendricks Monte Castro's mother, Helen Padrino, even gets in the act. She was a nurse, so they recruited through the nursing and uh, the medical community. They, the, she was also Filipino, so they recruited through the Filipino community. I'm an expert in the hospital. If you get sick, I know how to take care of you. But when it comes to investment, I'm sorry, I'll give you, give you to them. They know what to do. And the end result, I don't know what they're doing in between that, but the delivery, they deliver things. Duncan described her, she was uh, like a machine out there, just recruiting everybody she could. But according to Duncan and Monte Castro, the yes, network doesn't just reach out towards the everyday Joe. It also stretches in the opposite direction towards captains of industry. We just got involved recently in an organization called the Positive Deviant Network. Kind of a strange name, Positive Deviant Network. In At fact, times it seems like there were parts of the truth involved with what they were saying, but there were complete misrepresentations. We know the guys that started AOL. We know Bill Gates' best friend, what's that guy worth, $100 billion or a couple billion dollars? Are any of you curious what Bill Gates is currently investing in? I mean, I'd like to know. We have a guy who, he's personal friends with the trade minister for China. Everybody in this room are within five people of Ben Stiller, of knowing Ben Stiller. We're within six people of knowing what the president of the United States is investing in. You can do this all night. They made it sound That's like they could be talking to Colin Powell within a couple phone calls, or that they could be talking to the president within a couple phone calls because of the people they knew through the Positive and Deviant Network. Just as they trade on the name of the legitimate Pacific Wealth Management of San Diego, Duncan and Monte Castro once again bend a lawful group's reputation to match their devious ends. That's how we make money. That's why we run circles around Merrill Lynch. That's why we run circles around Lehman Brothers. That's why we could care less what New York Life does. We don't care what B of A does. We don't care about what they do. We're the 1%, they're the 99%. All the sheep go to Bank of America. All the stallions come work with us. Between 2004 and 2007, Duncan's Pacific Wealth Management has bought more than $125 million in property in their clients' names while pulling in almost $30 million for themselves out of concession fees and investment capital. And Duncan has an entire network of subsidiary companies he can use to launder all that money. I think there were probably eight or nine different shell companies that, that Mr. Duncan owned. They had addresses, but they did not have any actual operations. Despite the network of shell companies, Duncan intentionally keeps his name from being associated with any of them in a clear effort to conceal his involvement. Even the flagship enterprise has a figurehead president, a man named Maurice McLeod. Some of you may know me as Mo, so you can call me Mo. James Duncan took Maurice McLeod under his wing and started sort of teaching him how to sell and teaching him um, how the business uh, worked. I'd like to ask that you guys keep an open mind because this isn't for everyone. 
And um, at a certain point, a, uh, James Duncan decided to install Maurice McLeod as the president of Pacific Wealth Management because, again, Mr. Duncan wanted to keep his name out of the paperwork. Duncan may keep his name clear of the businesses, but he and Monte Castro's hands dig deep inside their coffers. In 2004, they spent $1.7 million um, on their own personal expenses. In 2005, it was $4.8 million. In 2006, sort of near the, the peak of the, um, the fraud, they uh, spent almost $10 million. They lived in very expensive homes. Mr. Duncan, for example, and the home he was in was a little over $3 million. He took lavish vacations to Hawaii, to Malta, and then he also, you know, despite the fact that he told investors that he was a good Christian and he was a man of God, he used a lot of money to go to Vegas and not only gamble a lot of the money away, but um, routinely use uh, prostitutes. Mandalay Bay, $1,056. The same day, Mandalay Bay, $2,089. $10,000 at the Grand Waialea in Hawaii, over $10,000. For those of you that have never stayed at the Grand Waialea, I'm telling you, stay at the Grand Waialea. That place is off the, off the charts. Between 2004 and 2007, they spend more than $21 million of clients' money on personal expenses. And it's not just the big three getting the cash. They're spreading it around to friends as well. One of them was a, a lady named Shannon. And we eventually figured out who she was. And it was James Duncan's mistress. James Duncan was married, and he had a mistress that he was paying for. She's a stripper and went by the name The Honey with the Money. And her and Duncan, and I think Monte Castro, were trying to set up a strip club in Orange County as another way to make money. And they were using investor money to set up the strip club. Ah, that's what gets us excited. We love entrepreneurs. We're entrepreneurs, so we love them. They never actually opened up, but they were certainly in the research phase of where they could open up. Duncan was clear they they wanted to do that. But a strip club isn't their most reckless investment. That would be the one they make in a company called BioCybernaut. Duncan and Monte Castro spend $195,000 of investor money to undergo training sessions designed to teach them and their associates how to control their brainwaves. Vicki Hightower is a prosecutor for the Riverside County DA office. I think that there was kind of an idea that they can control people if they use their their higher powers more effectively, use their minds more effectively. Duncan and Monte Castro put so much belief in the company that they want to become a part of it. They send $550,000 of investor money to the doctor in charge of BioCybernaut, thinking the investment is buying a stake in the company. But who's the one playing mind games? The doctor took the over $500,000 and built a home. So they eventually, Duncan and Monte Castro eventually asked for the money back and they were told uh, thanks for the gift and never got the money back. Losing money is a feeling their investors can relate to. They just don't know it yet. By the summer of 2006, James Duncan has been robbing Peter to pay Paul. Peter wants his money back. Duncan's Pacific Wealth Management has been trading on the reputation of a legitimate company of the same name to take out more than $100 million in home loans in their clients' names that they promised to cover. But they're having trouble making good on that promise. 
keep in mind that, you know, I don't know that on any of the investment home purchases, 20% was put down. I think a lot of times it was 100% financing or 90% financing. So there were just, you know, massive amounts of debt that were still outstanding. In their desperation to keep up with the payments and keep the fraud going, they'll pitch anything to try to raise more money, no matter how absurd it may sound. We're going to come at you with investments that don't make sense, and we're going to ask you to trust us because that's what the 1% is going to say, is going to say or do, and the other 99%, your brothers and your aunts and your uncles and your neighbors and the school teachers and the, your soccer coach for your kids are all going to think you're crazy and are going to go, what in the world are you doing? And you're going to have to believe in us because we're the 1% and they're the 99%. Here's one investment from the summer of 2006 that a few aunts and uncles may find crazy. They began opening credit card accounts in um, people's names or opening lines of credit and asking people to draw down um, either the maximum amount or close to the maximum amount and, and wire that money to a Duncan controlled company. One of the clients who receives credit cards is Deborah Weber. They tell her and other investors that they will pay the monthly minimum fee on the cards and use the rest of the cash as investment capital. It may sound strange, but it all comes back to the rules of being a core client. Do what we say, no questions asked. They told us if we did not get all of the money, all the cash advance, not just the cash advance, but I mean call in, talk to the manager and get every single cent you can possibly get that they would drop us. It's not going to feel good, but it's going to be the right decision. We have a Afraid of losing the $190,000 they've already invested, the Webbers eventually wire $40,000 more from credit cards registered in their name to shell companies associated with James Duncan. To many clients, it may feel like they're under siege, so it should be no surprise when the next investment scheme leads them into an actual war zone. Well, we actually have a contact in Jordan that will actually go into Iraq to buy currency. We actually just bought some currency, didn't we? Yep. This is what we received, I believe it was around January 25th. If we pulled it out, we counted them, and it turned out to be Iraqi dinars. They had made mention off and on during that they were investing in foreign currency. You know, but they didn't say, hey, you're going to be receiving dinars. <laughs> I mean, they never said anything like that. In their depreciated state, the package of dinars the Webbers receive are only worth about $6,000. Still, in seminars, Monte Castro explains that their projections show that even a $2,600 investment in Iraqi dinars will be worth $800,000 in just a few years. We have every reason I'm, I'm, to believe. I'm sorry. Can I jump in for just a minute? So let's just make sure we're all on the same page here. $2,600 investment could be worth $800,000. That's not bad. It keeps some investors like the Webbers believing in that pot of gold that they've been promised and primes them for the next big scam Duncan and Monte Castro put out there. A telemarketing script obtained by the Riverside District Attorney's Office tells the tale. Well, the partners came out of the meeting and announced the most amazing news I've ever heard. You invest $4,000, you'll earn $30,000, or you invest $5,000, you will earn $40,000. Be like Christmas. For core clients already invested with their home equity, 
The script offers desperate suggestions on where to find more money to hand over. Some common places to look for hidden cash. Savings and checking. Maybe a savings account you forgot about. Business savings account. Cash hidden under the bed or somewhere in the house. Look for your coin collections, your stamp collections, antiques, um, comic books, um, inventory from your business. So this was this was pretty bad. The Hans don't have stamp collections, but they do have a little savings. And before March 2007, Duncan and Monte Castro's company is still coming through with the monthly payments on their refinance. Their reliability convinces the Hans to invest ten thousand more dollars. Them making those mortgage payments for the first four months certainly lent credibility, which caused me and Clancy to decide, well, let's, let's invest a little more of these, these short-term investments with them. The Webbers get the same pitch by mail. Dear Deborah, if you have not already heard, we have had extremely exciting news. There's the Webbers take $35,000 out of their 401ks and hand it over to the next sure thing. They were all pushing this big hot deal, you know. This is going to make a lot of money for all of us, you know. And um, unfortunately, we suckered for that one too. They say a sucker is born every minute. James Duncan seems to want to put the theory to the test. By early 2007, with loans drying up and payments to clients coming due, James Duncan sees that the end of his Pacific Wealth Management is near. The number of investors who are coming in can't possibly keep up with the debt that is owed. And so, like all Ponzi schemes, it's, it's basically a house of cards. Eventually it all collapses. And so it did. Um, mortgages stopped being paid, uh, credit cards stopped being paid, and they kind of rolled up the welcome mat and shut their doors. Once investors can no longer get in touch with anyone at the company, they find people who will answer their calls. The SEC and the Riverside District Attorney's Office. And it appears that the men in charge are feeling the heat, literally. They had Monte Castro, Duncan, and McLeod and other employees bring their laptops and files to Monte Castro's home, and they had a burn party where they started burning files and burning uh, hard drives, smashing and burning hard drives to get rid of evidence. But even out of these ashes, a new scheme will arise. Hey everybody, James the Cash King here. Thanks so much for checking out my website. He had some videos online where he was trying to convince people money's just going to be rolling into you in FedEx packages every day if you join my James the Cash King. He's a very charismatic guy. He's a very enthusiastic guy. You want to believe what he's saying. And he basically said, he, you know, you can be independently wealthy, you can work from home, you can spend all day long with your kids and, and still have hundreds of thousands of dollars come in. Let me tell you what I wasn't doing this morning. I wasn't rushing to get in my car so I could get on the freeway stuck in traffic for an hour to then get to a job that I didn't like and I didn't want to be at. Let me tell you what I did at 7 a.m. instead this morning. I woke my two younger kids up. I made them breakfast. I packed their lunches. I checked their backpacks and then I walked them out the back door to school. After that, I had a leisurely breakfast. I read the paper. And then I went upstairs and took a nap for a couple of hours. I was kind of tired. Talking people out of their money is exhausting work. And it's coming to an end. 
In February 2008, the SEC has enough information to file a complaint against Duncan, Monte Castro, McLeod, and their company, Pacific Wealth Management. When the financial gurus come in to give their testimonies, SEC attorney Sarah Kalin is surprised at what she sees. During Mr. Monte Castro's testimony, he wore uh, gym shorts and, um, and flip-flops and a t-shirt, and Mr. Duncan was uh, dressed similarly. It was hard to believe that they were holding themselves out as um, investment professionals and, and you know, financial geniuses. Perhaps Duncan and Monte Castro should take things a bit more seriously. On July 6, 2009, a federal court in the Central District of California grants a summary judgment in favor of the SEC against Duncan's Pacific Wealth Management and its operators. Duncan is ordered to pay more than $30 million of disgorgement, Monte Castro just over $28 million, and Maurice McLeod, the figurehead president, just under half a million. Four months later, the Riverside District Attorney's Office has a plan to execute simultaneous arrest warrants on criminal charges against seven of the collaborators. The three principals and four of their associates for selling securities without a license. Cindy Kelly, Thuan Du, Charlie Choi, and Helen Padrino. But the arrests don't go as planned. Early morning, November 19, 2009. With assistance from the FBI, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, and local law enforcement, the Riverside District Attorney's Office, led by investigators Brent Westwood and Craig Johnson, are on their way to arrest James Duncan and six of his associates for a $125 million fraud. If you go out early in the morning, uh, say 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, get set up there, knock on the door. Uh, generally, people are just getting up. They don't usually start thinking about running right then or fighting, and uh, you can take them into custody without incident. We, we were hoping to arrest them all in one day, and we certainly had a plan to do that. And I believe we got everybody in custody that morning except uh, Helen Padrino. It appears Padrino catches word of some of the morning arrests, and instead of returning to work at the hospital, she makes a run for it. Eventually, we tracked her down through using ATM machine. And it appeared she was up by LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. We had some concern that she was gonna to try to leave the country. Fortunately, investigator Johnson is able to bring her in before it's too late. I called Helen, her husband answered. Uh, Bob told Bob that there was a $29 million warrant to arrest Helen and that it would be safer and better for her just to turn herself in. And she uh, agreed to do that. They parked at a gas station, went to a Burger King, and we had a, a local agency up in the Los Angeles area arrested her and booked her into jail for us. Five of the defendants take plea deals. Kelly and Twandu receive probation. Choi gets four months jail time. But Monte Castro and his mother, Helen Padrino, fight the charges. They were very contentious with their appointed attorneys. So eventually they fired all their appointed attorneys and represented themselves in trial, which was a treat. <laughs> all of Monte Castro's and Pedrino's experience with the law is how to break it, not argue it in court. And their inexperience is on full display from day one. I think the jurors got a little bit 
frustrated with them. There were times that the jurors would laugh out loud at some of their objections or some of their questions and things like that. The first witness to face the circus of the Monte Castro Padrino legal team is Deborah Weber. Hendrix and Helen were allowed to <laughs> cross-examine me. <laughs> it's kind of like being cross-examined by Dumb and Dumber. A trial that the prosecutor expects to last six weeks stretches to more than four months. It was very long, very long. Uh, a lot of repetitive questions that I was asked. I'll say it took a lot of patience uh, to listen to them question me. They would go minutes without asking me a question, just looking at stuff. I wasn't sure what they were trying to get at. The highlight of the trial comes when Duncan, who has agreed to cooperate with the prosecution, comes face to face with his old partner in crime. Duncan was on the stand for eight days, and 90% of that was on cross-examination with Hendrix. Uh, Hendrix kept attacking him and saying, isn't it true that you thought of this? And Duncan would say, Hendrix, you and I sat down together and came up with that. Remember, in your office, in your home, we came up with that. The mother-son team's defense is that they were just patsies in Duncan's scheme. Monte Castro tried to say he didn't know it was a scam. He was a victim as well. Yet he's standing side by side with James Duncan in these seminars, making these representations that are lies, just complete fabrications. And, and his mother is in the seminars with him, standing up, giving the testimonies and, and repeating the lies. After more than two months of trial, Padrino can see the writing on the wall and tries to evade justice yet again. Helen didn't come to court. And she, the information we got from her son Hendricks was that she was ill. She was home ill. And so, you know, when you're a criminal defendant in trial, you don't just get a call in sick. No local hospitals will confirm Padrino's illness. But deception runs deep with her and her son, and they have a plan. The judge received um, a letter from someone purporting to be a nurse practitioner. Well, it turns out this nurse practitioner was Hendricks's wife, who lived back in Maryland. And we knew that she was his wife. But I, I, I guess maybe he didn't know we knew that. Monte Castro's wife is brought in to testify under oath that Padrino is too ill to come to court. But the judge finds her testimony unreliable and rules that Padrino needs to return to the courtroom. Monte Castro's wife leaves the stand in a fit. She was very hostile, very hostile. My investigator said she gave me the finger as she left the courtroom, <laughs> but I didn't see that. <laughs> The judge and jury aren't pleased by all the antics. Monte Castro is found guilty of 304 charges against him and is sentenced to 81 years and eight months in prison. Padrino is guilty of 54 counts and gets seven years. After the district attorney's office determines that Duncan cooperated fully, he is sentenced to 19 years and eight months and all defendants combined are ordered to pay just over $6 million in restitution. For victims of the fraud like Clancy and Dale Hahn, they have to come to terms with a new life. I feel like the little girl who is just happy all the time until something happens, and then it's like, well, life is mean. <laughs> That's mean. The Hahns invested $71,000 of equity and another 10000 of their savings in the scheme. But the heaviest burden on them now is the huge mortgage payment they have to make thanks to the refinance Duncan's company executed. The prudent decision, they believe, would be to walk away, but it isn't that easy. 
my heart is in this house. No, I definitely don't want to leave. It would be devastating to leave this house. I mean, would we? Um, you know, maybe. Maybe. The Webbers had no choice. They simply couldn't afford to make the new payments that they were expecting Duncan's company to cover and had to walk away from the house. We were going to retire in that home. We had everything we wanted. It wasn't anything big. It wasn't lavish. In a moderate neighborhood, nothing fancy. You know, it, it, but it was the house we wanted to retire in. And it's gone. Between the equity, the credit card advances, and other investments, the Webbers turned over more than $230,000 to the fraud. And all they have to show for it is a package of nearly worthless Iraqi dinars. Looks good, but it's, it's worth practically nothing. Every once in a while, the Webbers receive a restitution check in the mail. It's an almost laughable pittance. But attitude is everything when dealing with a criminal like James Duncan. This is my big check, our big check, $15.54. I don't care. I seriously don't care how small they are. I want him to see my name on his bankroll. He has to pay me. I don't care if it's 99 cents. <laughs> so yes, my $15.54 check, Love it. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.